0: Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3, the fan. We're gonna look at some trades, Mike, in the next segment. We're gonna uh, how the trades worked out for some of these teams. Would you be interested in making some big trades if you're the Cowboys? But I want to directly hit what happened last night in the Mavs game. I want to like Kyrie's out the back injury or the back tightness that he's dealing with. Jason Kidd's like, hey, I don't know, you know, when or where it happened, but the team at you, hey, you have to you have to play games. You still have to go out and play the basketball games. And I just, from the get last night, Mike, it felt like they all went, well, Kyrie's not in. Our energy level is going to be different. And I don't know if that was just looking at the lineup or realizing, hey, we're going to be playing Luka ball tonight and just be ready to stand around and shoot whenever called upon.
1: I kind of disagree with that. I think it's the lack of talent on your team. Absolutely. Uh, Frank Neal is not an NBA basketball player. He should never play an NBA basketball game. If he wants to wave a towel on the bench, fine. But, like, literally he had to play half of the game last night, and, and he's just horrible. Um, I, I I hear what you're saying, and I, I understand. And there is, a, there is a, a person who follows basketball way more than we do. Like, it's their life to follow it. And they said, you know, Luka does play slow, but it helps their defense out that he plays slow mm-hmm. because they're such a bad team that playing slow helps them get back on defense. When you play fast and then you have more turnovers or you miss a shot uh, and you're sprinting up the court, all of a sudden it's tough to really get back because now you're playing at such a pace that you can't try to set up your defense. Not that the Mavs have a good defense because Luka – I don't think Luka is trying to set up their defense, but it's like when you play this fast – you can expose your defense more type of deal. So I hear what you're saying. And that's interesting, too, because – Josh Green was a bad player last night, too.
0: Luke has also said, I'm slow. Like, you you asking him to play fast on defense, like they're to set up the defense that other way – would not be conducive to what he does well either. So, like, just let the guy do what he does well. And Josh Green was bad last night?
1: Right. So that's your second best player, right, with Kyrie out. And and really, Josh Green is pretty much has to be your third best player the rest of the year. And this is where we get fooled on things. And we do this all the time in all sports. Oh, my God. And – For Tony Pollard, it kind of worked out. But sometimes we'll have a guy that has this great two- or three-week stretch in football because that's what everybody follows. And you're like, that's who he is. Oh, my God. Is he going to get 20 sacks next year? Is he going to end up the season with 15 sacks? And then a couple games go by, and you're like, hey, what happened to him that he had five sacks in two games? Why did he not have any sacks in the next two games? It's like, well... You have to let things play out because sometimes, just because you see it, this is where I disagree with sometimes scouts. I know Broadis says that this, and I disagree with him. Well, if I saw it once, this is what Jerry Jones says, too. If I if I see it once and I know he can do it consistently or do it all the time. No, 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 no. That's not even close. Somehow I threw a ball 90-91 miles an hour every once. It didn't mean I could throw the ball 90-91. I don't know why the gun said 90-91, but it did. It happened. I threw it that hard. It doesn't mean that's who <laughs> I, don't know I am. why that happened. <laughs> and I'm not saying Josh Green is six points and a negative 20 basketball player. That's what he was last night on his plus-minus. But he's probably the guy that we saw on that road trip. He's probably not ready to be that guy consistently for you. Remember, he, if you look at Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson at the same age was still at Villanova, that Josh Green is now in his third year in the NBA. And I know that it's not apples to apples type of deal, but probably Josh Green isn't ready yet to be the consistent, I'm going to give you 15 points, five rebounds, five assists on a pretty consistent night. And if my bad games are not far from from, from that and my good games aren't like crazy uh, past that number. So I think what we are finding out after that road trip in these last two games is, hey, Josh Green is a developing player. We can't say what he's going to be yet. I think he's going to be good. I think he is going to be 15-5-5, five and five, but that might be a still a couple more years down the road that you consistently get the numbers you need from him to be your third or fourth best basketball player down the road, but since he had a bad game and he was struggling last night and Luca doesn't have anybody, Reggie Bullock is what he is. He's one for five last night. So if you have I'm dribbling the ball down the court and I'm Luka Doncic and I want the ball movement to happen. I saw the ball movement when I was hurt. I want the ball movement. Well, Reggie Bullock can't hit a shot to save his life and he can't do anything with the basketball unless it's catch and shoot. Dwight Powell's only a catch and dunk, pretty much guy, or a catch and lay the ball up guy. Frank Neilakina shouldn't be on a basketball court in the NBA. And then Josh Green is struggling uh, for this night for you. What do I do? What what, what do, yeah, I do I do if I was, I'm Luca? I
0: was wondering this too. the The conversation of you know when your ace gets to go up against the fifth pitcher on a team, that's going to be a different day for your ace. Like he's your team's probably going to put some runs on the board. Oh, like that's the right, hope. Right. That's, when yeah. your first uh, or your second cornerback gets injured. Uh, or your second wide receiver gets injured. Now your quarterback, they, the team can focus most of their attention to your CeeDee Lamb. And I do wonder how much that affects things whenever now Luca's sitting there going, I don't have that other person. And not that they're playing you right. know, 50 minutes together, but they whenever they're on the court together, now your second defender, your second best defender has to guard the second best offensive player. And both of those guys are probably your first best offensive player on the team. So, like, that that does change a lot of that. But you're also going up against a pretty good team. Like, Denver's yeah. not a bad and, team.
1: And I get this, too. Well, they're the best team in the West. I think they're going I, – I think Phoenix is going to go to the NBA Finals. As long as they don't match up before that, I do think it's Denver versus Phoenix in the conference finals. I think that those two teams are by far better than all the teams in the Western Conference. And I know we still have to see Kevin Durant play with the Phoenix Suns. And if you didn't see this last night, Mikkel Bridges, it's interesting when he's like, hey, you got to play a role on our team. Mikel Bridges uh, for Phoenix Suns, I was about 15 points. Well, now with Brooklyn, they're like, hey, we might like build this thing kind of around you, at least for now a- until maybe things change. Last night he had 45 points yeah. for the Nets. So you see how kind of roles can kind of change yep. for a guy. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, he can do that? And I'm not saying he'll – do that a lot but you see that how good of a player miguel bridges can be in another situation with another team but getting back to last night and the denver nuggets i think we have to remember this because the nuggets are way better than the mavs nuggets were missing their second and third best players they didn't have uh murray and they didn't have uh gordon so like they we the mavericks played them and yes the mavericks were missing Kyrie. But you have to remember, Denver was missing their second and third best players on their team last night and pretty much took it to you. I thought it was interesting last night that the Mavs said, you know what? Jason Kidd was so mad about defense. And I get it. I I get why he's mad about defense. He knows if you don't even try on defense, you have no chance of winning a playoff game or playoff series. And he said, I'm going to play Frankie Smokes. And instead of playing like Jaden Hardy, I'm going to start Jaden Hardy and see what happens. Or I'm going to go a little bit bigger. I'm going to play Christian Wood, and I'm going to have my guards being Luka and Green, my forwards being Bullock and Wood, and my center being Dwight Powell. And I'm going to try this lineup. But I know that I'm playing guys that might not care too much about defense. So he's like, I'm going to make a point. I'm going to start Frankie Smokes to show that if I'm going to yell at you guys about defense, if I'm going to get mad at you guys, practice about defense i can't then put in just offensive players to start the game so he's like all right he holds the denver nuggets to 26 points which is a really good quarter nowadays in the nba if you hold the team to 104 points you've done a good job of nba NBA basketball and you only scored 25 luca played all 12 minutes and he scored 17 of your 25 points so you scored eight points Without Luca scoring those points. And I bet Luca probably assisted on a few of those baskets too. So he might have had 21 of your 25 points that Luca pretty much got for you. So then Luca goes out. He has to sit out five or six minutes of the second quarter. Well, in his sit out time of five and a half minutes, the Mavericks scored six points, six total points in that. And I mean, he was, do,
0: you, do you remember how many points they got scored against them during that time? Was I don't
1: know, but the end of the second quarter, the second quarter was 35-19. to 19.
0: Okay. So right. him
1: only playing half of the quarter, approximately, you, you couldn't score because you literally have very little options here. And unfortunately, Josh Green, you're hoping to be that Utah Jazz option that he was. And you're hoping Jaden Hardy comes into the game and gives you an offensive spark, and he couldn't really in the second quarter. So you – you can't play defense because you're just you don't have players that can. Okay. And then, I wanted- so you get destroyed defensively, and then you can't score either.
0: Right. So last night, Jason Kidd did say a lot of people forget our best defender has been out for like thirty games now. But I think when we're fully healthy, we have a dangerous team. He's talking about Maxi,
1: right? And Dorian Finney-Smith was their best. I get it. now he's not on the team anymore because really, if you look at for thirty games, our best defender, no, your best defender has been there, Dorian Finney-Smith. But you did trade him, so he's gone too.
0: Yeah, and that pair, that pair as defenders pretty. That, that was pretty effective for you. Right. Um, and, and I, off, just a little side story there: two first-round picks for Dorian Finney-Smith, and they said no. They must have been low picks. I'm guessing because. Right. Like they must have been essentially the idea of a third-round pick uh, for the way you look at it right. versus the NFL. Think if
1: it was the Milwaukee Bucks.
0: It's not like it was their, the top, a top five. Right.
1: Do you want the 28th <laughs> pick this year and possibly, I'm just going to guess, in 2025, the 27th Yeah, pick. Maybe yeah. they're
0: like, look, that's just— That wouldn't doesn't matter for us. He's yeah. a good defender. He's a good player. But when, do you expect, then, that this defense is going to take that much of a step up Whenever Maxi gets back, that a little, that okay, they'll be
1: better. Okay, so but they'll be worse offensively. Remember, I mean, he gave up shooting a basketball for Lent last year. Like you literally can get, <laughs> you can get a guy that they don't even guard. But
0: but you have Kyrie now, so your offense, like you would say, your offense yeah. would balance out a little bit, and your right. defense is better. So that's like I guess the the fingers crossed there is that Maxi comes back, you're a little bit better and a little bit better. Is probably the difference between a win and a loss for most nights with this Mavericks team. If they're just a little bit better defensively, they can get a play here, stop, you know, put Maxie as a stopper now. Get,
1: let me ask you this. All right, you get the stop. Who gets the rebound? This is, this uh, yeah, is an issue for the Mavericks, too. It's like, right, because Maxie's a bad rebounder. <laughs> and I'm does. just like, this is the tough part about this year. Is, uh, I'm not disappointed they made the trade anymore. I can see why they did it, and I'm hoping for the best for hopefully the next four years, let's say. But... I think the problem with this Mavs team, the reason that this team can't probably win a playoff series, and I hope they do, is because defense won, But then, if they do get a stop, can they even get the rebound to get the ball back?
0: What if you are kid or Nico? What are you as Luca is flying to Mexico on Sunday, which is he says is his uh, the thing he's most excited about. What are you telling him to do during this break? Just lay, like yeah, sit? Yeah, relax. Just- he doesn't
1: try in the – I mean, nobody really tries in the All-Star game. Like, I'm not going to watch a second of it. I don't care about it. It's a horrible basketball game now. LeBron decided – he told the whole NBA, let's not try at all. Let's just – everybody walk and then everybody do the dunks they want to do. Everybody shoot the crazy threes they want to do. They've had to uh, put that – I always say Elon, but I think it's Elam ending. yeah uh in it so that has made it a little bit more competitive but it's a horribly played basketball game and Luca doesn't like it because it is played at a kind of fast pace and he doesn't want to do that and maybe he just can't do that So it's fine he has obligations uh in Utah this weekend but I mean we've seen Luke is gonna walk around for 15 minutes of that basketball game He doesn't play in the fourth quarter because LeBron or Giannis don't want him playing in the fourth quarter because he doesn't really try in the game at all so he'll get to relax for the most part and then come back and hopefully him and Kyrie get to play approximately 20 games the rest of the way I'm looking at it the Mavs are 31 and 29 so literally they only have 22 games left
0: somebody said from the 469 what if I told you the Mavs once had Brunson Porzingis Dinwiddie, and Finney Smith that that team looks very different right now as they are off playing elsewhere looking good. You know, looking, looking right. reasonably good. And you had all that together at one point. We were still frustrated at what talent we needed right. to put around Luka. And here they are yeah. looking and pretty decent. And who knows there. how that would have turned out. You yeah. have to
1: remember Porzingis and Luka did not uh, get along on the court and didn't really get along off the court. And then Brunson wasn't – you go back to that L.A. series where they were up three to two. Brunson scored 11 points in the final 3 games. Total like Brunson didn't turn into that guy until a little bit into the season last year. I went over that and discussed that on like I can understand. I can give the Mavs a little bit of an excuse. Not happy that Brunson's on another team. I'm not happy that it's gone this direction, but I can look at the history of Jalen Brunson's career and at least understand why they didn't want to immediately give him an extension after the LA series and didn't want to immediately give him an extension maybe after November of 2021.
0: The two one four, and I think we've kind of discussed the moment where Anthony Davis was sitting when the points were scored, but Mike, what are your thoughts on Coward saying that NBA sources saying that the Mavs and Anthony Davis are linked, that Davis isn't happy, and LeBron's pouting about it, and that the two of them aren't getting along anymore? My concern there, Mike, is what makes him happy and what makes him healthy? You know, like, I understand that dude can be a monster. He could solve all your rebounding problems. Right. But what's going to make that guy healthy? I was happy? listening
1: to Jay Williams this morning talk about a little bit of the Lakers. Because the dude running Get Up, He's I can tell he's a huge Laker fan. And he was pretty gotcha. much saying, like, so the Lakers are going to win the championship now, right? Like, I saw him play last night. They they beat the Pelicans by 20 points. They're the NBA champs, right? They got it all figured out. I'm a LeBron fan. I'm a Laker fan. Champs, right? And Jay Williams and Vince Carter are both like, no, no. Like, Jay Williams is like, I think they're going to make the play-in and then see what they can do from there and probably lose in the first round of the playoffs if they make it that far. And Vince Carter is like, I think they could maybe get a favorable matchup and win in the first round. But, you know, he's like, Denver and Phoenix, you know, are, are better than these teams. And they're like, what? And uh, they're Ooh, talking good. about Anthony Davis because it's Laker fan, yeah, right? Yeah. He just can't see it. And Keyshawn Johnson couldn't see it either. Like right, He's like, yeah. no, 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 LeBron's the greatest ever. He's never done anything wrong and, and this and that. And Jay Williams is like, look, talking to NBA players and Anthony Davis, he was being somewhat specific. It's tough playing with LeBron James because he is a general manager behind the scenes because he runs an agency. And I believe Anthony Davis is part of that agency, too. But you're always being linked to you're not good enough for LeBron. Yeah. And so it's very tough to be on LeBron's team when you're hearing that you're never good enough for LeBron. And so, like, LeBron's always trying to somewhat replace you. And then he's like, I love you. You're the best. But then you're like, man, I'm hearing from behind the scenes I'm not the best for you. You don't like me as much as you like me. Mm -hmm. So that's the tough thing, I think, with Anthony Davis. It doesn't mean that he will be a Laker or won't be a Laker. And I don't know how to solve the health issue. That's a major issue with him. But I wouldn't be upset if uh, in the offseason – I'm not saying I'd be happy. I'm not saying I would be upset – is if you had to move Kyrie to the L.A. Lakers for Anthony Davis – Ooh,
0: that would be an interesting approach. Because that's what it would be. Yeah, The way that it would be linked is is pretty
1: much Kyrie would be finding his way to LA, which I've been told by multiple people that he still is looking in that direction. But possibly to do it, it might have to be a big trade where Anthony Davis comes to the Mavericks. The problem is, is, I love Anthony Davis. He would solve a lot of issues for the Dallas Mavericks with rebounding, with defense, but would he solve it for 25 games or would he solve it for 65 games?
0: Coming up next, we saw a lot of trades last season. How did they work out for these teams? Did the Cowboys need to make a big swing like this in the offseason? Next on The Fan. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you can go check it out on my Twitter at in the majors, and it's up on 105.3 The Fan's website as well, 105.3thefan.com. Uh, And I think you need to do it right now. Go to 105.3thefan.com or go to my Twitter. Go to 105.3thefan's Twitter and check out the video that Carter put up from Radio Row last week. Mike, it starts with your interview with the Gorilla uh, from the Phoenix Suns, and it just gets better from there. We had a lot of fun, man. We had a lot of fun last week, and Carter did a really good job. I call him the treasurer of all our content, the treasurer of content, because... Hell, the other day, he po- he gave us a whole list of every interview we've done since he's arrived here. So, like, he he's the guy that knows all the things that we have done here at the station.
1: Half man, half amazing.
0: Yeah, that's what we call Carter Freeman is half man, half amazing. So, thank you very much. Go check it out, 105.3thefan.com, or you can just check it out on our Twitter. It's an absolute blast because, as I told you yesterday, the Tolos deserve fun. And we're going to shove that fun right down your throat. So we're going to have a really good time. All right, everybody's going to have some fun. I didn't want to get into this, Mike. I saw this this morning, and it started making me kind of think of, all right, if you want to take a big swing, is it going to work out for you? You got to make the right one. This this is where you have to really trust your scouting, your pro scouting, your college scouting, all these things of, will this guy be this guy? I mean, you talk with Broadus all the time. I'm I'm I certain. I talked to him during the break. I'm certain that uh, Broadus would have an opinion about you know if this guy's ready for this moment or if he's fading as a pro player and all these things. These are the things that you need to know and trust your scouts for these moments. We're about two months away uh, from the NFL draft. Five first round picks have already been had have been traded from. This is like last season. Got you. So we. They revisited the uh, the deals from last year and to see how they have gone so Ooh,
1: far. Because I know three of these picks are already top 10. So three teams regret making these trades.
0: The number five overall pick goes to the Seahawks yeah. via the Broncos. Yeah. How I'm if. All right. I understand you just got a new head coach and we'll talk about their defense in the in the future here. You just added a new head coach, and he thinks, I can fix this offense, baby. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett couldn't hack it. I got this. Don't worry about it. I am Sean Payton. But do you think that Denver Broncos fans are like, we got Russell Wilson, baby. We're going to be just fine.
1: No, because I don't. I can't remember the history of the Broncos and all of their picks.
0: You mean me to throw it out, out there for you?
1: But I'm just thinking the last time they picked really high oh, yeah. was Vaughn Miller. That, so they have... I think they first, got Bradley
0: Chubb, and now he's a, uh, he's a Dolphin, too. Okay, so.
1: but I'm just thinking with three quarterbacks supposedly going in the top 10, if not top five, like, I don't know, if you're the Broncos, I would rather have a 21- to 22-year-old quarterback to develop around that I think is a franchise changer. Look, when you draft the kid from Missouri, I'm sorry I forget his name, he went to Seattle in the trade. Like, that was be- – like, he you're you're taking flyers. Drew Locke. Drew Locke, and, and I get, like, hey – Jalen Hurts has worked out. Jalen Hurts looks like a franchise-changing quarterback, and he was in the second round. But I think if you're Denver, I would much rather be taking a guy. I Just look at the history of football, and I know the next one we'll talk about, but the history of football, most of the time, your championship teams drafted their quarterback.
0: I'm going to go back. 2010, Demarius Thomas. Okay. Fantastic pick. Obviously, when you paired him with Peyton Manning, that was phenomenal. 2011, Von Miller. Uh, They didn't have a first-rounder in 12. They got Sylvester Williams, defensive tackle, Bradley Roby, Shane Ray. He didn't end up being great. Paxton Lynch didn't end up being great. Garrett Bowles. Then they they hit after that. Bradley Chubb, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, Patrick Sertan, and they didn't have a first-rounder last year. But, like you're saying, you got to hit with the quarterback somewhere along the way. And they're just kind of sitting there, going, "Man, we we have these these receivers. Can they all get together and get this on the same page?" Yeah. At and some I don't point? think they have a
1: good offensive line either. So it doesn't help that Russell Wilson might not be getting the most time he needs to throw the ball.
0: Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, the number nine overall selection uh, last year. Yeah, in twenty twenty two, the second round selection in twenty two a fifth round last year, traded for a fifth round selection and a seventh rounder. And then this year's number five and a 2023 second round for Russell Wilson and a fourth. Like that's it, man. That's wild. Big screw up. I think a lot of people are saying, that's why
1: I'm surprised Sean Payton's going there. I, I don't know. There's, you can't, you don't have the the draft capital to change the team. I know he likes trading draft picks, whether going up in the draft or trading for veteran guys. I know that he's a, a mover and shaker because he kind of likes being the general manager. And that's yeah. why he was never going to be the coach here is, I don't know, like going there. All right, I got Russell Wilson. What else can I get? Well, we don't have any picks for you this year. And and we are, we're limited on our picks in
0: 2024, too. And he's like, man, I might as well just go back to the Saints. <laughs> that was yeah. That's what we had there. Um number 2, the number 6 overall pick, yeah, Lions via the Rams.
1: I will say this one worked out though. For both, yeah. Because even though you are picking 6 so the Lions are very happy, you did get Matthew Stafford and that did get you a Super Bowl championship.
0: And for Detroit, they they're pretty confident. Like Jared Goff took a step up in leadership last year. Mm-hmm. Like that was something in my opinion, he lacked when he was with the Rams because McVay wouldn't let him, or McVay didn't think he had it, or whatever. And he goes there, and Dan Campbell's like, "Show me." And Jared Goff's like, "I want to be. I want." He's basically they were keeping him out of preseason games. He was like, "No, I want to play. I gotta. I gotta lead these guys."
1: Help me out. The year that they went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff was that 2017 year that that wasn't his second year in the NFL, was uh, it?
0: I want to say it was his third.
1: Okay, third year because they maybe lose to like maybe the the. Falcons and then the next year they make it to the Super Bowl like in his third year so maybe 2018
0: yeah 2018 so 2018
1: so that's how quick it changed for Jared Goff he was a top 10 quarterback in the NFL in 2018
0: his numbers were good he had 4600 yards 32 touchdowns 12 picks
1: yeah number one overall pick it looks like after three years developing he's a top 10 quarterback trending towards possibly top five and then but now he's trending back towards like He's not a top ten quarterback, but he's trending into like the conversation. He had
0: a very, he had a very similar year to that Super Bowl year last yeah. year. Uh, I mean, with all the number, actually he had less interceptions, so that's even better for him. Like, last I know year. people
1: are going to hate me for saying this. I do think Dak and Goff are in the same conversation.
0: I listen, you know, I think that's the same draft too. Yeah, I wanted Goff. I was like, let's try and figure out how to get Jared Goff in some way. Yeah, because when I watched him on film, I was like, this dude can throw. Uh, I never, I don't question Dak's leadership, and right. some guys need to learn that part of it, or ne- maybe they never do. Maybe a quarter. I don't know if a quarterback can go through and not be a leader, but they, you got to believe that the guy can do it. Not and,
1: and quickly, I do think Dak is better than Goff, but I think they're in a conversation.
0: The by the way, to add to that, Mike. Detroit also got the number 32 overall selection, Jamison Williams. And Jameson year. Williams last year. They he, traded up and used that. He
1: played like the second half of the season, if I remember, right? Yeah. The first half he and was out. Turned into a little bit of
0: a player, man. Super fast. Yeah, people are really excited about that.
1: And now they're probably going to get a really good edge rusher. Like it looks like the kid from Texas Tech or the kid from Clemson is going to be there right around six.
0: Yeah, and their, their run game is pretty stout. I mean, they, they ran the ball effectively last year, especially around the goal line. So I'm very interested in what Detroit has built. It took some time. Then again, as we used to say about Cleveland, sometimes Detroit's just going to Detroit.
1: Now, I'm excited to tell me what happened here because I forget how the 10th pick went to the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: The number 10 overall, the Eagles get it via the Saints. The New Orleans Saints got the number 16 overall selection for 2022, the number 19 pick for 2022. And a 2022 sixth round selection. So that was all last year okay. for the Saints For Philadelphia. They got 2022's uh, number 18 overall selection, a 2022 third rounder, uh, and 2022 seventh round selection, and they used that to get Kyron Johnson, 2023's number 10 overall selection, and 2024's uh, second round selection. I do believe that the that the the Eagles. Used both of the the 2022 top round, the second and third rounders, to swing AJ Brown. So, like, they get AJ Brown, and they also have the number ten overall pick as they come into this season. As they were trading away, I I think that the Saints traded up and got Chris Olave in that Mm -hmm. trade. So, this is interesting because you get Chris Olave, you have a quarterback. Uh, the, The 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 Eagles used their draft selections to get A.J. Brown, and they still have a plethora of other picks for going into this season. So I would say this is a benefit to both teams at the moment. Okay. But obviously I think that last season it worked out the most for the Eagles and that they had a legit number one wide receiver that was a monster for them and was underutilized at Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I have a mock draft pulled up, and I'll just say in this mock draft, they get a cornerback at 10 and they get a safety. At 30, so... Because they're
0: losing the, the, both those in free agency. Yeah, so,
1: I mean, in this, they could kind of redo their secondary in the first round.
0: The number 12 overall pick, going to the Texans from the Browns. The Browns, you know, the Houston, is they're getting three first-round picks in exchange for Watson. Okay. Uh, this is where... this is This is a fascinating story to me, because he couldn't play in Houston anymore. Cleveland... Cleveland was a place, I think, how many other teams do you really think wanted to trade away a lot and give the contract to Deshaun Watson in that time period? Not a lot. I don't think so either. And so I think that Deshaun Watson's going to be better than he was this year. Because <laughs> he wasn't good. He was very bad. But I, I just don't know if, I don't know who wins this one, except for I guess... I guess it's Houston. They're getting three first round picks in exchange for him.
1: I think Houston won because you had a toxic player on your hands.
0: And a toxic environment. Yeah. Just in general. You had to reboot the whole thing.
1: And to get what they got at that point, a guy who you weren't sure how much suspension he was going to have to have, if he was I don't think there was any type of jail time. You know, nobody thought that he was ever gonna go to jail for what he did, but you just weren't sure exactly where he was going to be. Uh, And then he never wanted to play for the Houston Texans again before the whole massage thing came out. He's like, I'm never playing for you guys again. And so to get three first round picks for a guy that said, I'm never playing for you again. And then uh, right after that happens, it drops that, hey, he's not going to be able to play. And remember, they had him playing like um, practice squad uh, cornerback or safety
0: in camp. just get out there, man. Go be on the field for stuff. From the 2-1-4, Mike, if you put Dak on the Lions last year, they do not have the season they do. And if you put Goff on the Cowboys, they have the same season or even better and maybe even beat the Niners. I don't know how you can say that. I just don't know, like,
1: no, I don't, it doesn't make
0: much sense to me.
1: I don't to be necessarily that definitive agree, about it. agree with that. I think that they are in the conversation. I think Detroit has a pretty good year last year. And I think that if you had Jared Goff, you're still looking around 12 wins, you know? From the
0: four six nine, can y'all explain how Dak is better than Carr, Flacco, or Eli Manning? They all made it to the Super Bowl. When we had when we had Brian Billick on, yeah. and he was talking about that era, that era of you had you still had to have great defenses, and they had a legitimately elite defense with Trent Dilfer. That was like going, and he even he even threw it at us. Everybody was we were told it wouldn't matter what number we held people under if we didn't win the Super Bowl. So winning the Super Bowl legitimized everything about our defense. Eli, that team was fantastic, man. That, actually, that team was about as right where this Cowboys team is defensively, and they had some weapons on the offense and could really run the ball effectively. Once I thought when, once Tony Pollard went out, that changed everything for the Cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers. That's a very different team. Once he got injured, that team could not run the ball as effectively as they wanted to because Ezekiel Elliott, not the same player. I mean, as much as, Mike, you've said it for a few years now, you're watching him get slower and slower and slower and incapable of doing all these different things. Pollard was that guy that electrified the offense and really made it run, and they were without him. So I think that that really hampered their run. Now, you should be able to do something else. Whenever you have a backup plan for something, if Tony Pollard is to get injured, what do we do then? Their only plan was to go to CD lamb coming up next. It's time for baseball nuggets with Mike Bassett.
1: All right, let's talk about the top 100 through 50 players. The Rangers are getting better next.
0: Back here on the KNC masterpiece on one Oh five, three, the fan Mike, this is a this is actually a Sean Sharif breaking news moment. Like I, this isn't something I would typically throw out there, but I just saw this from Odyssey Sports about three hours ago. Angelo Cataldi is retiring after 33 years on WIP. He waited. He, I guess it's Friday, February 17th. That'll be his final show. He waited until uh, I guess Philadelphia got in, uh, got to the Super Bowl and lost again, and he was like, "All right, I'll just go ahead and retire." That's that's a big deal to Sean and RJ because they love to like bring his audio on and, and yell about it and everything. So there it is. Um, we'll not hear him in Philadelphia anymore. Good thing or bad thing, 877-881-1053. And now it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bassick.
1: We'll I'll answer that question real quick. I don't ever listen to Philadelphia radio, <laughs> so I have no clue. I'm sure for them, that's like, oh, man, he's been around for a long time, this and that. But
0: And it's content
1: they use, so that's better, Yeah, it, I'm sure. There's another Philadelphia person who's going to be just as crazy. Okay. (laughs) So, a little bit of Ranger news. Mm. Matt Moore looks like he's signing with the LA Angels. That's interesting. So, I did get a uh, tweet from some people. One of them, like David Lord. I I love following him. He's very good with uh, NBA basketball and the salary cap. I know that can get confusing. If you follow the right people on Twitter, Uh, it can really help you out on the salary cap situation In the NBA, but uh, Matt Moore is signing and I'm not happy about it. I wanted him to be a Texas Ranger. I I feel like you can really see how he's changed his career and he's 33 years old. He had a 195 ERA last year in 74 innings. I loved what he did, and probably being a veteran guy might help out some young guys that he's in the bullpen down there. He's been a starter, uh, a big-time prospect. I I would have liked to have kept him. I don't see the details of his deal. Okay. Okay. I just see that – Per Ken Rosenthal, that Matt Moore and the Angels are reportedly close to a deal. If somebody has it, if they want to uh, send it in on uh, you know, Twitch or whatever, maybe I'll get on there, but I have not seen details. What I understand is the Rangers wanted to keep him. The Rangers liked Matt Moore. They liked what he did last year. But I think he was putting his market at a place where the Rangers weren't comfortable uh, with his market. So I would have to have him back. I think he's a good player. He's going to the Angels. He will help out the Angels. The Angels, to me, their their downfall every year is they have horse-ass pitching. Uh, and I get Otani's great, but, I mean, besides Otani, they struggle with their other starting pitchers. They struggle with bullpen. When they are leading a game after six innings, they, they struggle to hold on to that lead. So, uh, you know, I don't think Matt Moore is going to be the difference maker between the Angels winning 90 games and only winning 80 games, but he will help out the Angels. And I do think it hurts a little bit. Uh, the Rangers losing him, but they are hoping that uh, Brock Burke, Taylor Hearn, uh, maybe a couple other guys that I'm not, you know, thinking of the top of my off the top of my head that are lefty relievers are going to fill that role for them. I just
0: a quick question for you on this. Does our guide Derek? Uh, then like now that a couple names have gone off the board does that mean that he bumps up a little bit more in that conversation maybe
1: I'm not I don't know okay you know they might have other guys there I, I know Derek didn't get to this but he listed a few guys including Matt Moore that are bona fide. they're coming in pitching in the major league yeah yeah so uh I'm sure that you know, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. But. Gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha.
0: I'm just. Kind of, I was kind of looking and going. Okay, that's another lefty off the board there that could, yeah. be, that could give uh, Derek a, a better opportunity here. So.
1: All right. So the top 100 uh, is coming out on kind of a daily basis right now, uh, and I, I love this MLB uh, top 100 right now. Well, I think there's good news here, and the good news is two Rangers are on the list that weren't on the list last year. Last year, there were only two Rangers on the list, and they hadn't even played for the Rangers yet. Uh Uh-oh. It was the signing of Simeon and Seager. Those were the two guys that made the list of of top 100 players in Major League Baseball, and I've talked about this. When you look at this list, it gives you an idea on who's going to be good or not. If you need five guys on this list to be considered a true contender, if you don't have five guys on the top 100 right now, you're going to have to hope that – Guys really outperform where people think they are in Major League Baseball. Well, the good news is Adoles Garcia, we only have 40 through 100 right now. We do not have the top 1 through 39 yet. Adoles Garcia is number 99 on this list. So Adoles Garcia does make the top 100 list. Just to give you an idea, if you're following Major League Baseball, you'll know who this guy is. Number 100 is Giancarlo Stanton. I'm pretty sure everybody knows him. He was number 61 last year. But out of the top 100 right now, 91 through 100, he was the only guy ranked last year. All the all the other guys are new guys on the list. Like I was surprised with this, but last year you Darvish wasn't ranked. He's number 95. Just to give you an idea, okay. that's somebody you guys know on where he is. Kind of the 100 through 91 list. Number 70, Nate Low, and we can call him Nate. We asked him here. Yeah, on he the told show. us that. That's just Mom wants him to be Nathaniel. He's he's fine with Nate. So Nathaniel Lowe is number 70 on the list, okay? Those are the only two guys so far on the list. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I know Corey Seager is going to be on this list. He led the majors last year in home runs from shortstop. I get defensively, he needs to improve on what he did last year. For some reason last year, he took a step back defensively from what he was as a Dodger defensively. And he needs to pick that up. And... I think that's been told to him. He needs to become a better defensive player for the Rangers. And maybe he was really struggling with playing on a non-contender. For the first time in his life from 2016 through 2022, he had always been on a playoff team, the Dodgers. And this was the first time that he was playing on a team that had nothing to play for for most of the season. And maybe he just disengaged uh, on defense when he needed to engage more. Hopefully with this team that it's better, he will engage more. Marcus Simeon isn't on the list yet. Marcus Simeon's going to be on this list. There's no way. In the top
0: 40, Nathaniel Lowe's ahead of Marcus Simeon.
1: So when you look at this list, you go, wait a second, where is he? And last year, Jacob deGrom was top 10. So I get he didn't perform as a top 10 player last year. But he's top list. But he will be top 40. So he's going to drop probably out of the top 20. To be honest, I think Jacob deGrom will drop out of the top 20. I think you could see like three Rangers on the list of... um, coming out today will be 21 through 40 i think all rangers all three rangers will be somewhere between 21 and 40 i don't think any of them make 11 through 20 and i don't think any of them make one through 10
0: so you said you said low simeon garcia was at the uh, in the 90s
1: number 99 okay nate low is number 70 and that's it for your texas rangers so far but coming out today and I'll kind of have tomorrow tomorrow we'll see where they put Seeger, Simeon and DeGrom I think they're all going to be on the 21 through 40 list I'll be interested if DeGrom isn't on 21 through 40 I'll be like wow they still have him as a top 20 player in all of baseball right now and it shows how good he can be and obviously he's dealing with a little bit of a left side injury that they're not worried about to give you an idea I thought this would be good well let's look at the Houston Astros that's the team last year that won the World Series that um won 106 games, a team that you need to compete in in the division. And I know that Ranger fans are hoping to beat them. Simeon's 46. Oh, I did. I missed him. I missed him at 46. I
0: just just saw it. So he is the top 40. He's He was number
1: 20 last year. So they did knock him quite a bit. Um, Sorry, I missed that one. Um,
0: I missed it, too. I was looking right at it and went right past
1: it. Okay, so I thought, well, I missed it because Adley Rushman is number 41. Think about that. He wasn't even in the major leagues for the first two months last year. Insane. But the Dodgers have three guys on the – I'm sorry. Well, the Dodgers do, too. But the Astros have three guys on the list. They're at 56, 64, and number 80. I will say this. I think that they are underrating the living heck out of Framber Valdez. He wasn't ranked last year, so they put him all the way to fifty-six to me he is the best left-handed starter in the game of baseball. And for me, I would have Framber Valdez. I would I would push him close to 25. If he, right. if I was making a list, he's the best left-handed starter in the game. To mm-hmm. me, the best left-handed starter in the game is possibly a top 25 player in the game. So I think he is vastly underrated uh as a player at 56. At 64 They have Jeremy Pena, their rookie shortstop, who just won the MVP in the World Series. And then at number 80 overall, uh, they have Christian Javier, who just signed a new long-term contract. So they haven't got to Jose Altuve. They haven't got to – and if I miss it, I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking off the list. I did not see Alex Bregman. I'm pretty sure they're going to have Alex Bregman uh, in the top 40. Uh, Jordan Alvarez will possibly be in the top top 10. 10. Yeah. So, I mean, you start looking – Uh, at what they have, and they're going to have three other guys for sure ranked, uh, if not one other. Like uh, Kyle Tucker is a guy who might be ranked in the top 40. I think that might be a little high for him, but, I mean, it just goes to show where they're at. The, The Dodgers have three guys here. The Braves have four guys already on the list. So I'm going over Houston won the championship, Atlanta won in 21, LA won in 20, just to give you an idea, and those teams aren't done having guys on the list. Uh, you need to have at least five guys and the rangers do so i think that's good news going into this year now how will the back half of the lineup right i've talked about there's a lot of question marks there the bullpen just lost matt Moore for sure now he, we know 100 he's not coming back i think the back end of your lineup your your infield defense uh and your bullpen are the three question marks for me going into this ranger season the I'm
0: trying to, I'm trying to, you said Bobby Witt Jr.'s 92? He's
1: nine, He's number 92. Yes. That's
0: a man, he could work his, like, this is amazing looking at how many people were not ranked last year that are kind of making their way this year, and how many, like, where would Josh Young, by the end of this season, where could he possibly be? That's one of the, when you say one through five, one through four, and there's some concerns after that uh, with the, with your starting, with your batting lineup, your batting order. Josh Young, does are you, do you have a lot of question marks for him still oh, just yeah. on what he can be?
1: Bobby Witt's 92. Bobby Witt Jr. last year had over 20 home runs and over 30 stolen bases. So we need – we need. So think about that. Yeah. And if, now, I know that Josh Young does not run. Josh Young, maybe he'll steal five to ten bags this year. But, I mean, I think that for Josh Young to make the top 100 list after this is going to be his full season, first he has to stay healthy. He's never proven he can do that Fact. in a professional season. So he has to stay healthy, number one. Number two – probably bat 240 or better batting average wise. I know batting average isn't as big of a deal anymore, but if you bat 200, it's tough. Joey ain't on this list, you know? Um, Yeah. So I would say bat 240 or better on base percentage of 330 or better and have 25 or more home runs.
0: That would be an exceptional season for Josh. If, If
1: he bats 240 with a 330 on base percentage with 25 homers and let's say 80 RBIs. Holy cow. And and usually your RBIs there would probably be about runs scored, too. Like, let's say 80 runs scored, 80 RBIs, 25 home runs, 240 batting average, plays a nice defense at third base. That's a hell of a year. That puts him, I would think, I don't know, but I would think that would put him in the conversation for rookie of the year.
0: Hopefully the Rangers get that uh, batch of good baseballs uh, for Josh Young to get thrown to this year. Coming up next, Justin Fields has – One request and power ranking the NFL 2023 power rankings next on the fan.